Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sufism used to be practiced in dargas. Um, darga is another uh, another word for monastery. Uh, the Sufi dervishes would each have small rooms inside a uh, building that was constructed to house uh, devotees, which was sort of usually placed at a distance from the rest of the community. And men who had decided that they wanted to devote their life uh, to understanding Allah, to understanding God, would come there to get instruction from the master of the darga, uh, the teacher, the sheikh, and uh, on a usually on a daily basis, he would give talks to the community and give individual instruction uh, to the dervishes, so that they could move forward on their progress towards understanding Haq, or reality. This instruction was given on a one-on-one basis and was usually different uh, for each devotee depending on their individual inclinations and their individual needs. The core of what needs needed to be understood by the devotees was the relationship between man and God and how this relationship could be grown and what needs to be done to have this relationship grow. And at the core of that is the understanding of the nature of Allah or God as far as man can understand that, the nature of Haq, which is one of the names of God, which means reality, and the understanding of the world and how its nature is different than the nature of God. The world the dunya is the distraction, the creation, that which is other than the creator. Hak is reality, one of the names of God, and hakikat is the journey towards reality, the life in reality. And there is a book called the Asmal Husna, which has all of the names of God that we know, uh, which is 99 plus Allah. For us, these qualities are our understanding of the nature of our Creator. Our Creator can't be seen. He doesn't have form. 
and he can't be described, except he does have names. And in these names, we can begin to understand his nature. Now, these names for our Creator are actually his duties. They are how he works. They're his job, to put it in a rather simplistic way. Rahman is a duty of Allah because it's what he does on behalf of his creation. Rahim is a duty of Allah. It's what he does on behalf of his creation. So mercy and compassion, Rahman and Rahim, are Allah's duties to mankind. This is what he has given to mankind and what he gives to mankind. In the Darga, the Sheikh tries to impart these duties onto his dervishes. One of the things that a true Sheikh can do is to give to the ones who are near him the qualities that he has. He can impart his essences to the dervish. So, God has given the essence to Muhammad. The sheikhs get their essence from Muhammad and then pass it on to the dervishes. And each dervish takes on the responsibility of fomenting these essences, these qualities within him so that as he walks through the world, these essences are spread out and people have the opportunity to see them and to understand them. Um, a dervish was asked, why, what do you learn uh, when you are with the sheikh? And his response was, I learn how he puts on his slippers and how he puts on his shirt. And what does that mean? That means within the simplest things that the sheikh does, there is a divine quality to them. So he puts on his slippers in a divine way. He puts on his shirt in a divine way. He talks with a divine resonance. He touches people with a divine touch that's given to him from divinity. And why is it given to him? Because he is trustworthy. He's a friend of Allah. <clears throat> he can be trusted to pass on the gifts that God gives him. To give out the gifts that God gives him. In order for us to be able to get the gifts that God makes available to mankind, we have to be able to give those gifts away. If you get mercy from Allah and you think you can hold on to that mercy and keep it for yourself, 
you're mistaken. And that flow of mercy to you will cease because the flow only comes when you allow it to flow through you. So as we learn to give, so are we given. As we learn to dispense, so are things dispensed to us. So if we make it a habit in our life to dispense mercy and love and kindness and gentility to others, Allah will dispense mercy and kindness and gentility towards us. If we somehow become angry towards others and dispense treachery towards others and dispense unkindness towards others, Allah will ignore us. And in that ignoring, we become bereft of all that is true. And we become lost because we are not in touch with that which is true. And we begin to look for answers to our dilemmas in other places because we are bereft of the truth. So if you lose touch with that which gives and dispenses mercy and kindness and you're looking for peace in your life, you begin to look in the wrong places because you've lost touch with the real places. You've lost touch with hak, with reality. You've lost touch with what can actually give you that which you're looking for. So, in order to find peace in yourself, you have to find peace in others. You have to see the goodness in others. You have to see the kindness in others. You have to feel the pain and the sorrow of others. You have to be able to be connected to others. And in that connection, you create the opportunity for yourself to give. And in that giving comes the giving to you. What is it that a sheikh does? What is it that the teacher does? He gives. He gives constantly. He gives wisdom. He gives love. He gives kindness. He gives teaching. He gives his time. He gives his breath. He gives his life. He gives himself to all of those who come before him. And why does he do this? Well, he doesn't do it for money. He doesn't do it for fame. He doesn't do it for anything for himself. If he did, he would lose the ability to be able to do it correctly. He does it for Allah because Allah wishes him to do it. And Allah allows him to do it. And as long as he's able to do it without self-motive, Allah will continue 
to increase his grace, increase the glory within him, increase the qualities from God within him, so that just as these are God's duties, they become his duties. A true sheikh doesn't do anything that isn't kind. It's his nature. It has become his station. Mercy becomes his permanence. Compassion becomes his permanence. We who are struggling with the qualities and struggling to find peace in existence will find that as we connect more with others and as we give more to others, we ourselves will be increased in that which we give away. So if you give love, you'll be increased in love. If you give mercy, you'll be increased in mercy. On the other hand, if you give anger, anger will increase within you. Anger will grow within you. And anger will burn within you and burn you up. Anger can't bring peace. Anger can't resolve situations. The world is an unfortunate state because it's developed a belief system that is contradictory to the truth. And just because you believe something doesn't mean it's true and doesn't mean that it'll have results. There's a belief system in the world that aggression can resolve problems. So if somebody doesn't do what you want, you do something aggressive towards them to try and force them to do what you want. Doesn't work. Can't happen. You can't force people into kindness. You can't force people into love or mercy or compassion. The only way that you can bring love into somebody's life is to love them. The only way you can resolve a situation is to love the people in the situation. Then a trust builds up. A truth builds up. And then movement can be made. If a pot has crumpled, it has to be straightened out. It needs to be fired. And then slowly you can bend the metal back to the way it's supposed to be. Love is that fire. Love is a different kind of fire than anger. Anger is a destructive fire. Love just heats things up enough so that change can occur. And it has the absolute perfect modulation of temperature to allow things to happen in the perfect way. Anger has no control, and the fire that comes from anger destroys. The sheikh is able to tweak things. The sheikh 
is able to modulate your temperament. The sheikh is able to take you slowly from anger to love to compassion by loving you and allowing you to trust him so much that you can love him. And in learning to love him, you learn to love others. And then you become brave enough to love in situations where there may be some pushback, (laughs) where there may be some difficulty. And that's part of the process. Do you think that the sheikh doesn't get pushback? Do you think that the sheikh doesn't get animosity? It happens all the time. Um, People threaten people who love. People become uneasy around people who love. There are people who can't, whose anger is so great, they can't understand people who love, and they think people who love are dangerous to them. We have inside of ourselves a whole set of states that we fluctuate to and from, up and down in. Each one of these states wants to be at the forefront of our consciousness. Each one of these states has developed in us and has almost become a being inside of us. My teacher described those as the animals that we have inside of ourselves. So imagine you have lions and tigers and bears inside of yourself. And each one of these has a certain distinct kind of personality. And I'm sure you've seen all these different personalities within you. You've seen the bear who is overwhelmingly protective to the point of destroying anything that tries to endanger that which it wants to protect. Uh, you've seen the tiger who's voracious and to get what it wants at that moment will do almost anything. Well, we have all of these distinct personality types within ourselves. But we need to go to a higher personality type. The personality type that no longer has self-motive. Imagine a non-self-motivated personality. A personality who gives as opposed to takes. Who gives as opposed to needs. This is rare. Even in the Darga, even in the monastery, you still have all of these personality remnants walking around within the dervishes. And it's up to the sheikh to try and control the mix of all these different personalities so that they can cohabit and at the same time lessen their traits. Now, we don't live in dargas. We don't live being maneuvered by a sheikh. So, it's become different in this modern day uh, understanding of Sufism and in this modern day journey 
towards truth, we have to become our own moderators. We have to learn about what parts of our personality are worthy of God and what parts of our personality are not worthy of God. And we have to moderate the parts of our personalities that aren't worthy of God. And we have to stop giving them our attention. So, if we have a tendency to become angry, we have to learn when that anger comes. And we have to do something about it. Some simple things, like take a shower, take a bath, lock yourself in a room for a while, get away from it, stop being involved with it, don't give it energy. We have to learn how to do these things. And when we are positive, when our personality trait is giving, we should put ourselves in situations where we have the opportunity to give. And we should give as abundantly as we possibly can. The prophet said, a smile is charity. So charity isn't necessarily money. Charity is doing on behalf of others by showing them and giving to them the qualities that bring about peace. Showing them and giving them the qualities that bring about the ability for people to be comfortable in their own skin, to get over their traumas, to get over their difficulties, to understand that Allah is always there with us, and the only thing that's keeping him from us is the walls that we build up ourselves, the veils that we create that separate him from us. So, I was talking with one of my friends in Turkey, who was a successful businessman. And he spends most of his time uh, running his business. And when he has a few minutes here and there, he helps with sufistic type endeavors. It came to him a little while ago very clearly that his life is not his business. His life is relationship to God. His life is his relationship to Allah. And as long as his most, the most important aspect of his life is his business, he's pulling himself away from the truth. So now, he says everybody he talks to, he talks about God. Every situation he enters into, he talks about God. My wife, whenever she says, meets anybody, first thing she says to them is, God bless you. Just to begin that understanding and to know where she's coming from. To make that kind of a connection. So we have to decide where our life is focused. We have to decide what is the most important thing in our existence. What carries the priority in our being? Is it our relationship with God? Or is it our relationship with the world? Is it our relationship with our business? Or is it our relationship with Hakikat? 
the way of the truth. And this is a choice that we make every moment. Our sheikh told us that we should be in constant state of prayer. La ilaha illallah should be resonating within our being every moment. No matter what it is that we're doing. No matter where it is that we are. And when people would ask, well, how do you keep this going all the time? He said, it's like the pump in a well. Once you get it primed, the water flows. Well, we need to get ourselves primed to the repetition of God's names, to the repetition of the understanding that God alone exists. We need to be primed in that way. And we do that through active effort to somehow repeat the names of God as we go through our daily routines. And there are many different zikrs, uh, repetitions, remembrances, that we can involve ourselves with. The most important one is, La ilaha illallah, I do not exist, only God exists. Which reminds us of the humility of the creation. The humility of who we are in comparison to Allah. And that our greatest achievement is to disappear into the truth. Now, everybody's afraid to disappear. They're afraid to disappear because they are afraid of what they're going to give up in the creation. Do you think that it's easier for a beggar to give up his two cents than it is for a king to give up his kingdom? It's the same. It's the degree with which they hold on to things. So you can have a king who's totally detached from the world. And you can have a beggar who's as miserly as you can get, and he's only got two cents. Who are we? Are we free of the hypnotisms and attachments of the world, of the hypnosis of the world? Are we free to be free of the things that the world makes us do? Can we do the things that we have to do in the world without the burden of carrying those things as we do them. Can we do them freely, with joy, while at the same time we are in praise of our Lord? These are the things that we have to consider and we have to think about. We go through our days every day. How much of our day is spent with our Lord? And how much of our day is spent in the contemplation of the difficulties that we have in the world? The difficulties that we have in the world can become such a burden that we don't have time for anything else. Because we constantly think that we somehow have to carry these things around. Well, you can become different. You can lay your burdens down. It's a matter of attitude. And that seems 
to be such a flimsy answer. It's a matter of attitude. But it is a matter of attitude. It's a matter of being satisfied with what you have. It's a matter of not desiring and taking what's on the plate and saying, God, you've been very generous to me. Look what you've given me. Look at all of the things that I have that make my life so easy. God, thank you for what you've given to me. I'm grateful for your generosity. One of God's names is generosity. One of God's names is gratefulness. We need to become grateful to our generous Lord. We need to become generous to the rest of humanity. Generous with ourselves. Generous with our time. Generous with our effort. Generous with our kindness and our love and our compassion. And as that happens, the burdens that we carry will fall off our shoulders. The burdens that seem too heavy for us, that we strain under them, if we give them to God and say, only you can handle these things, and I'm therefore putting them in your hands, and whatever happens will happen, and I'll abide by the outcome. It makes your life so much different. And that's a matter of attitude. Two people can be eating the same roll. And one can say, wow, what a great roll. And the other one can say, wow, it's not enough. I wish I had more of this and this and this and this. They're in the same circumstances. But they're in a different place entirely in their resonance and in their spiritual nature. We need to know that we can change that. The appearance of what goes on with our physical eyes doesn't have to represent what goes on inside of us. Many of the great teachers look like beggars, but they are celestial lights walking through this world that can only be seen by the ones who have the inner eyes to see them. May our inner eyes open up so that we can see the truth. May our resonance interact with the great resonance that is sent to us by Allah, may we become free of the burdens of the world and integrate into the Asmal Husna, the qualities of God, so that we can become God-like and disappear in Him. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.